It's time to unify and simplify the IT world. We are here to do that one podcast at a time. I'm Steve. I'm McKay. And welcome to the Interchange IT Podcast. McKay, you've inspired me. You're looking at a book right now. <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting here getting ready for this podcast, and I look, and there's a, there's a book on Steve's desk that um, I was like, oh, I should clean that up because I don't want the desk to look cluttery on Facebook. Yes. And here's the book, The Serpent and the Rainbow, A Harvard Scientist's Journey into the Secret Societies of Haitian Voodoo, Zombies, and Magic. So instead of doing this podcast, I will be reading this book for the next hour. Zombie prep. Zombie I have prep. Yes. So, so that was made into a movie uh-huh. by Wes Craven. It's a true story. Okay, uh, and it tells the story of what a zombie is in Haiti. That's freaking awesome. Because my two truths and a lie thing is, uh, I have met zombies. So you know, I lived in Haiti, and there were zombies there. And <laughs> so, I think we should have a whole episode devoted to you telling stories of zombies you met in Haiti. I don't care if that episode's five minutes or thirty-six hours, but we need that. Yeah, yeah. So I, how you doing, Steve? Doing okay. You just got back from vacation. I did. Went on an extended family trip with all my siblings and their families and my parents and the whole fam family. Where'd you go? So we, my brother lives in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Shout out to Wisconsin. Better than Oklahoma. Whoop. So uh, we decided to go back there and see him. So we went to um, this massive water park for like three days with the kids. That was fun. I did one of those things that's like it's called the toilet bowl where it's like a water slide that shoots you into this like bowl thing and you spin around the bowl and then you come out the bottom into like a pool anyway it was really cool i was uh, obsessed with it i thought the toilet bowl that was something that was your nickname in, in high school that was what my band's nickname <laughs> um it does sound like then, a great band name it does the toilet bowl who's opening toilet bowl toilet bowl's opening man and then we went to an island in lake michigan for a few days which island um washington island okay and uh, then it was great, fun, enjoyable. The end did not go well. Our flight was canceled. I was a day later coming back than we had hoped, and I got violently ill. Like sicker than a dog. Like it was horrific. I haven't been that sick. I haven't vomited that many times since I was like in fourth grade. I was keeping track by the end of it. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm in record territory now. There you go. If you got to at some point make it about a competition. You know, life is a competition. Well, sort of. Yeah. Depends on who you ask. So yeah. anyway, we're here with Rex McMillan. Rex, can you just briefly introduce yourself to the fine people on the podcast? Tell them, tell them what you do here at Avanti and how the heck you know us. So I've worked here at Avanti for about 15 years, 14-something years. But who's counting? <laughs> who's counting? He is. <laughs> Rex <laughs> is. Well, you said it was about a competition. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the, for the last few years, I have been the product manager on our endpoint management product. So I work on all of the main components of inventory distribution, um, Windows, how we manage Windows. So you're so, the Windows expert in the building, more or less. Well, on how we're going to implement all the management of it in APM. Okay. We definitely have a lot of experts on Windows here. He's so modest. Oh. So awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of like, gosh, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> gosh, so, sucks. So Rex um, grew up on a cattle ranch, as did I. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have that in common. And talk I, about farming frequently. I consumed enough beef that you could have. Been I on could a ranch. have. I might as well have been. <laughs> you on might that. as well have been on a ranch due to your beef consumption. Listen, you don't You're get an this, honorary ranch member. You don't get this shape by accident. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication and steak. <laughs> That's very <laughs> good. We, I like we that. appreciate that part. So Rex, we start every one of these with a lightning round. All right. 
And um, it involves a series of deep, personal, and I would say emotional questions, wouldn't you? Deeply emotional. So should we do that right now, Steve? Yeah, yeah, absolutely we should. Okay. Um, I guess my question for you is, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, that's easy. Captain Crunch. Mm, good one. Favorite movie of all time? Oh, I really like the John Wayne, the Cowboys, the okay, Little Kids. that's fantastic. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. John Wayne, Cowboys, and Little Kids. I don't know that specific movie. No, is that the, the one where he has all the little boys and he has to move the cows off the middle of nowhere? No, if, no, if, yeah, have, you've never seen it? I don't think so. Oh, it's because you have no soul. That, that's you call yourself that's, a cowboy? That's quite disappointing. It is you, a little you bit. You call yourself a cowboy? I know, and I don't know the John Wayne genre, the canon of John, John Wayne as well as I should. It's true. Uh, tell me um, if, if you could be any one superhero, what superhero would it be? If I could be a superhero? Yeah, an existing superhero. Take over his job, powers, the whole nine yards. Ooh. Um, you wake up tomorrow, you're this superhero. Yep. Ooh, geez, that's... Uh, I kind of like the arrow lately. I, I, I go with the arrow guy. The arrow The arrow yeah. guy. The, the shooter, the uh, Jeremy Renner from... Yeah. No, no, no. That's Hawkeye. Arrow is in the DC universe. Oh, right. And he's like all a right. modern day, like, he wears all green, kind of like Robin Hood would. Okay. Yep. I know nothing about that stuff. Okay. Favorite song of all time, Rex? Oh, geez. Or, or singer, maybe, if you can't get specific to the song. Singer's Conway Twitty. No, screw Conway Twitty. <laughs> Hashtag screw Conway Twitty. Guy's um, dead. Show some respect, McKay. Is he dead? Let's see. Oh, um, sorry. Yes, I, I'll just go with George Strait. All right. George Strait. I dig that. See, I can dig that. All right, all right. So I listen to. Um, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I won't get. I won't bore you. You, you don't. Details, li- but you I, don't I, listen. I, to no, that. I do listen to George Strait. I love. George, I like okay. George Strait very much. Yeah. Uh, if you, um, tell me about your least favorite pet of all time. Ooh, my least favorite pet. Um, was there a pet that went to go play at the cattle ranch in the sky? I I had a cat. Period. It was just a cat. <laughs> it so, turned out to be a really good cat in the end, but it lived a long ways away from the house, and then it was a very good cat. But when it wanted to live next to the house, not such a good pet. So it sounds like it was simultaneously your favorite and least favorite pet because you had a cat. <laughs> I've had a lot of pets, though. Okay, so, all right, all right. So... Um, looks like we're experiencing, just looking on the, the live stream, a little bit of uh, lagging. Oh. So apologize if you're watching the live stream. Sorry. We'll get that fixed. Facebook's fault. Yeah. Hashtag Facebook's fault. Way to go. Facebook. So um, let's talk about Windows 10. Um, first of all, give us the background. What, what, so we hear, we're hearing a lot about Windows 10 migration. And to be frank, Steve and I, we don't even know what that means. So why don't you tell us, what does Windows 10 migration mean? Why are companies doing it? Why is there pressure to do it? Give us kind of the, the scoop, Rex. All right. So in the IT industry, we have our operating system runs on all our, our computers. So we had XP. Then we, we made a migration to Windows 7. Windows 7 has now got about two years before 18 months for its end of life. So no more support once we pass that end of life on Windows 7. Now, Windows 7 is like the most popular most stable place that end users like to use. And everybody's used to it. Everybody's used to it. So Windows 10, that's that new version. There's a learning curve to it. 
Um, so the migration we talk about is going from Windows 7 to Windows 10. When we make that migration, now we're on the Windows 10 train. The difference with Windows 10 is it's not just a migration. Once we get on Windows 10, we've jumped on the Windows 10 train. So now we're going to have to update the OS about every 12 months to stay in support. So bottom line is companies that are using Windows 7, they have to go to Windows 10 in the next 18 months. Otherwise, they're just not going to get support anymore. Bug fixes won't be a priority for Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, no. We all expect that at a certain point here in the future, Microsoft's going to say, if you break open your piggy bank and bring out your cash, we'll support Windows 10 or Windows 7 for another six months or 12 months. But it's going to cost you. It's going to take maybe probably both of your piggy banks to, to get that support. Right. I need a bigger piggy bank. Yeah, you do. That's no question about that. Okay, so they're, they're saying, okay, we're ending support. So then why is it such an issue for enterprises, for companies, for organizations to transition, to migrate to Windows 10? Is it just, depend, is it just because there's so many machines and so much infrastructure that's dependent on Windows 7? Where, I guess my question is this, Rex. Why is it so difficult? What makes it difficult for companies to switch over? Because, and let, let me add to that, because I remember when Vista came out, mm. right? Or, right. you know, Windows 95, any of the other big updates... Uh, people were excited. There was a buzz, a thrill. People were like pumped standing in line, as weird as that sounds, to get Windows 95. Um, why is there such fear around this one? So Windows 10 totally changes the game. So with Windows 7, I would go in as an IT. If I was over IT, I'd go in and say, all right, we're going to go on to this version of Windows 10. This is my gold edition. And we would jump in the lab, and for the next six months, we would test every one of our applications. We do all our testing, and then we say, hey, this works. We know it works. And for the next three years, five years, this is what we're going to run. With Windows 10, that's not the case. The support timeline of Windows 10 is now you have six months where it's in Insider Preview. So Insider Preview means that, like Microsoft has said, you know, the timelines are so fast, we're going to let you have beta builds. And they're probably not really ready for prime time unless somebody really is a glutton for punishment and wants to see every new feature every week. Insider previews come out on about a two-week basis. We get done with Insider Preview. Then we say we're going to go to, uh, they call it the channel, the release branch. Now, that's where the consumers start to consume Windows 10. Four to six months after that, they say, hey, it's business ready. Once it's business ready, it has about a 14-month lifespan. Okay. So now once you have 14 months, that's not three years. You've got to do that all over again. You've got to move everybody to the next version of Windows 10. Now, versions of Windows 10, they're trying to say that they're always compatible, but you've got to go back and say, how do I test that? So this Windows as a service is a never-ending train that once you move your business onto Windows 10, you're on the Windows 10 train. Got it. So... You know, for people who've never moved an organization, who've migrated to a new operating system, I would imagine that just the, unless you're doing it with a tool like some of the tools we offer, that it, the time and the effort expended is dramatic, right? Because you're, you're literally talking about individual machines physically moving to a new operating system. And more than that, just getting the settings, the data, the documents, et cetera, on those machines, all the software, is that what keeps IT people up at night, is just the thought of moving all of their organization's machines over? 
Absolutely. So as an end user, you know how you have that nice cat background on your machine? Right. I do. I have three cats, actually. Okay. I apologize. I, I don't have, I thought okay. you had one favorite. Yeah, sorry. One. I switched it. The, uh, so you've got your favorite backgrounds. You've got all your data. And if IT says, hey, we're going to migrate you to a new OS and you lose any of that, your experience is now not a good experience. You're not happy with that experience. So as an IT organization, I want to migrate you to the new OS. I can't lose any of your data. I don't want to lose your personalization. And I don't want to impact your productivity. And you don't want to spend time doing it manually, right? It's not possible if you've got even 300 users, much less 3,000 or 30,000 to actually like physically do that on every machine. Right. I met with one of our customers who has 200,000 devices. And they're going to migrate this month 50,000 devices. Wow. So that's the, that's the reality of like, I have 50,000. What if 1% goes wrong? Right. That's a huge number right. still. <laughs> it's a really huge number. The number of support calls and the number of the man hours lost will, will impact the business profitability. So IT has got to find ways to make this seamless and not affect productivity. And, and if, if someone doesn't, if they just opt to, I mean, they, they risk the updates, they risk security, um, if they just fight against it. So you can only fight it for a little while because all the new hardware is only going to run Windows 10. Right. So now you're going to say, okay, I'm going to fight it. But you're going to have to do it eventually. It's just putting off the inevitable. Yeah, it's inevitable. You have to go. Okay. So what are the things people are coming to us for? So they're saying look, I want to do this in an automated way, right? They obviously don't want to do this manually. It's not possible. Um, and they also want to keep people's settings, everything from mundane stuff like the background, but to functionality of software, hardware, documents, data. Is that the kind of stuff they're coming to us to do in an automated way? There, there's everything from making sure that we maintain their, the personalization, make sure that we can reconfigure the operating system, make sure that we can manage it once we get upgraded, help me figure out where things are stable. And the big one is, hey, these updates are big. So if I have a distributed environment, I could spend up using more of my bandwidth to move around these operating system updates than I actually did business work. Right. So how do you give me the bandwidth controls, the bandwidth management, all of the downloading capabilities so that I don't actually impact my business while I do the updates. So what are you hearing as you go out and talk to folks in the industry, IT people, from our clients and our prospective clients? Because you're on the road a ton talking to these folks. Are they worried about, are they putting it off? Are they, they know they need to do it, they just don't know how to get started, or they know how to get started, but they're worried about the details and what about the cat backgrounds and what about the software and what about the data? Like, where are people on the spectrum? And the cat background is probably the number one concern. Right. Where are people on the spectrum of, of and it, it probably depends on company size and a lot of factors. I'm just curious for what you've heard there. there there's a lot of factors that go into play. The big concern is, hey, Microsoft's releasing a new version of Windows 10 every six months. So I'm going to get on this train so the migration from Windows 7 to Windows 10, we all know how to do that. But now I get on the Windows 10 train. Now every node has to be upgraded once a year to stay in support. How am I going to test my application compatibility every time? Is this, is this Microsoft trying to do more of the SaaS model? So I, I'm a product manager, so it's always easier to look at from things from your own perspective. <laughs> right. right? What, what right. are they trying to accomplish by doing that? What are they that? trying to accomplish? 
So I was talking to a, a, a product manager at Microsoft one time, and he's like, so, you know, I was on the phone with a guy the other day, and he told me about a feature he wanted. And he says, under the XP and Windows 7 model, I knew about the feature. I get it groomed out. I get it built. I get it in the operating system. I get it shipped. He gets it tested, and he gets it deployed. You know what that timeline looks like in, like, human terms? Years, I, probably. I have a Microsoft. kid. The kid's in kindergarten. Right. That's not going to work. No. The security actors play so much faster than that. As Microsoft, you're saying, how do we have the most secure operating system on the planet? It can't be from when a feature is required that my kid's in kindergarten before it's delivered. That's not going to work. The security player actors, the bad actors are going to outrun us. So Microsoft has that goal to be the most secure operating system in the world. They have to get so it's fast. So you could say it's, it's a play to be op- um, SaaS. You can t- describe it what it, you want. It's really the DevOps model, continuous testing, continuous monitoring, and continuous improvement. So it's not, it's not Microsoft being cute or trying to change their, their model. It's really them just trying to adapt more quickly and um, be more flexible and agile. I was at a customer site, and they were describing what they did. And we're walking through the presentation, and they show me. And we would normally call them like a manufacturing company or a logistical company, et cetera. When we got to the end of the presentation, they said, so do you know what we are? And I'm like, want to make a guess of like, do you consider yourself a logistics company? They're like, no, we're an IT company that does logistics. IT is what fuels all the differentiation in our, in our business. And Microsoft's recognizing that for these guys and for IT to really drive business, those guys have to be able to differentiate, and speed is where the difference is. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, Any big red flags that you're seeing as you talk to customers, things that you're like, oh, stories even that you can tell us after coming away from talking to people that you're like, oh, they're screwed unless they change this thing that they're doing related to Windows 10? Yeah, I'm... I've been to numerous sites where customers say, we don't let an operating system in that doesn't get six to eight months of validation. That's, that's over half of the time lifespan of that version of Windows 10. So they're going to have to adapt. You have to adapt. You can't do that. And, p- and no people way. still have, are stuck in that mindset is what you're saying. Absolutely. That This is a big push from the whole IT industry is going to have to adapt to the speed of change. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. How did you get to be such a Windows expert? Like, what did you? Um, did they? Uh, did send, you off somebody? Y- yeah. Did, did you, you kill someone? Is that what happened? Well, no. But some days I think about suicide. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so first off, uh, as Windows 10 came out, they came out with their Insider program. So I got a little wild hair one day, and I said, "Hey, that's kind of cool." So I grabbed my production laptop. I led all the disclaimers that said, don't do this. And then I upgraded my laptop, uh, production laptop to Windows 10 Insider. And I said, if we're going to go on this train, we're going to go on this train. And I jumped in. Um, so I've been on the Win- uh, Windows 10 Insider. I run my production laptop on Insider Preview, have since they started that program. Um, now, that doesn't say it's been without some bumps. <laughs> But then the really place where I get all the learning, I get to go out and talk to lots of IT departments, Mm -hmm. and I get the learnings from them. So 
Yes, I play with it. Yes, we keep up on it. Yes, we talk to Microsoft. And I speak it's to talking some to people. of the very best IT departments in the world that tell us what the challenges are. So what else are you hearing from those companies? I'm, I'm so interested in what their feedback has been in terms of why are, why are some people waiting, for example? Like, why are they like, uh, we're just not going to do this for a while, like years? Are they just scared of, like, doing it, taking the, the leap? Oh, the, the leap is huge. Um, and if done wrong, you're now 12 months from now, you're sitting at the position that you don't have. You have a Windows 10, a set of Windows 10 machines that have to be upgraded, and you don't have a testing plan. You don't know how you're going to do the next version of application compatibility. You don't have all of the organizational things in place. So ring management is what is actually being phrased. It's not the migrating to Windows 10 that's the scary part. It's the managing Windows 10 train after you get on it. Makes sense. You know, you can get that tiger by the tail. Then what do you do? Yeah. Do you hold on? Do you keep skidding? Do you let go? What happens? So they just don't know what to do, so they're scared to take the leap. Everybody's kind A bunch of people have been watching and learning, letting some of those bleeding experts go out pioneers get slaughtered right and yes so so um are you seeing bigger companies taking that approach or bigger companies the ones jumping in are you seeing certain industries leap while others are being more cautious like where are you seeing that it's actually across the board it really depends on if they've made that leap of their you know like the company told you who said hey we're an it we're an it company that does logistics or we're an IT company that does manufacturing. Those companies, IT departments that have taken that type of approach. That see themselves as strategic, in other right. words. They've yeah. changed from, hey, we're just a cost center to we're strategic, we're going to power the business, we're the departments of yes. Those guys are getting on the drain. So they're getting to Windows 10 now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it seems like it, it's one of those things, it's, it's not like you can avoid it. It's not like you can skip it and, you know, upgrade from... You know, you go back to a, an old version or switch versions, right. or you know, I'll I'll wait for this until you know I I'll, you know I'll wait a year and see how it works out. It'll be it's like death. You can try to avoid it, but eventually you're I'd probably going to die. Like, it's probably more like taxes. It will catch you up with you. Well, you so, might avoid it for a so while. Death. So will death. <laughs> Rex, they did break you know it to you. Rex that a hundred hundred percent of the people <laughs> who eat carrots die? <laughs> I've been actually worried about doctors. 100% of the people that die have had a doctor. <laughs> That's true. So I, I avoid doctors because... I don't know 100% of the people who die have had doctors, but I do know that 100% of the people who go to doctors die. <laughs> That's true. true. I, I just find that if I go to doctors, they just say something's wrong with me, so I just don't go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, I can see that. What should I do? Um, bed rest? Right, they're going to tell you stuff. That's yeah. Eat healthy and exercise. That's what they keep saying. Jeez. Come on. It doesn't work. You know, everybody knows that everyone who exercises ends up dead, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's very true. Anything else people should know about Windows 10 specifically, Rex? And and if you're such a Windows 10 guy, why do you use a Mac? (laughs) I just... (laughs) HP. Isn't that a sticker? Steve's spreading dirty rumors. Man. I love that. I just want to see what kind of reaction there's I got. Like, that there's was normal. Deadpan. There's normal <clears throat> office gossip, you know, that mm-hmm. you know, just every office has, and then they're yeah. spreading rumors that Rex uses a Mac, <laughs> and that is a whole other level. <laughs> I did bring my iPhone with me. I have an Android and an iPhone. Yeah, because you can't have a micro a Windows phone because no one has those anymore. Rex has a burner. <laughs> He's a burner. So yeah, what what else? Anything about Windows 10 we should know? Um. 
I would say the big thing about Windows 10, the thing that probably is the most important is figure out how you're going to get somebody on Insider Preview in your environment. You start getting those key learnings because Windows 10 continually changes. And if you don't find those right people to go out and start testing for you, yep. that's the key That's the key point. That's great. What should people be most excited about with Windows yeah, 10? Yeah, we've talked about the negative. Everybody talks about the fear and the big, we're all going to die, the sky is falling. But clearly there's a reason to upgrade. So they've upgraded. What are you excited about? What should people be excited about? What are you so excited about that you just can't hide it? You're about I mean, to lose that, control. That is one place where like, as soon as they announce like the it? OS, the new iOS for the iPhone, there are live streams of people like, oh, it's going to have this feature. That's the most amazing thing ever. All people talk about with Microsoft Windows 10 is we're all going to die. Migration's going to suck. We're all going to die. <laughs> we're not going to die. Yeah. Well, the reality is, is that Windows 10... The security is phenomenally better. So we can go into that really geeky talk and talk about memory isolation and isolation models and all of those kind of things. But let's just summarize it to say Windows 10 security tons better. That in and of itself should motivate us all to move to Windows 10. Uh, Windows 10 is just that much better in security. The number two thing is the features they continually add. So like... And they'll be able to add them faster on Windows 10. Uh, like two, three, three or four weeks ago, uh, I got my new Insider Preview. I looked at the notes, and it said, hey, there's a new way to do screenshots. And I, there's two, I hit two keys now, takes a screenshot, allows me to manipulate it, write on it. They added that feature just midstream. Here it goes. They're continuing to add ease-of-use features as, long as, as well as security features all the time. So that speed of change is... Very exciting. What Avanti products do people need to buy if they want to help migrating Windows 10? UEM. Just UEM Unified IT. Uh, that, that, that covers us. And it'll cover everything from migration to um, environment management to profile management, all that stuff. That's correct. That's great. Cool. So we were talking a little bit about some tech news before we started. And I one of the things I noted, we noted a couple things. The first was that Amazon just bought a pharmacy company an online pharmacy company for a billion dollars. Apparently, they now want to be a drug company, so that's cool. It's true. I went to lunch, bought a $10 lunch. That's very similar to them dropping it. That's that's very similar to them spending a billion dollars. It really is, actually. (laughs) Bezos is like the richest person ever. He's like worth $150 billion. In side note, Jeff Bezos has no idea that hit his checking account. Right. (laughs) He doesn't like need to check and make sure the check. You guys aren't going to catch this till Friday, are you? That's not. He doesn't operate like that. Um... I saw a comedian the day. He's like, you know you're poor if you know exactly how much money is in your bank account. Like, you just know exactly. You don't even need to look. You're like, right. this much. Right. Um, and then the other uh, the other thing I saw was that a um, an electric scooter company called Bird just got a $300 million round of venture capital funding, which is significant. And you were saying you've seen overseas. You travel a lot overseas. And, and um, we're in the U.S., we're really behind in this sort of electric um, – scooter electric bike thing i feel like an idiot why well yeah you should but why so uh we've got a little hoverboard at home that kids like to ride around on those little two-wheeled blow-up machines Uh and i tried once just going to like the the corner store on one of those things i felt like a moron (laughs) like everybody's looking at me like who's the geek (laughs) well me (laughs) so that's why we're behind it so i so the hoverboards they're a little difficult. They just don't seem to, to function that well. I was in China, 
And I really wanted to tour, so I downloaded the little app on my phone. I got my MoBike app. I went over, scanned a bike, got on my bike, and I start riding down the street with 9,000 other people at each stoplight. I think that's about the number of people each there. I would. So here's the deal. But, that's, I would, but you see that stuff here in Salt Lake. I saw that stuff yeah, in Dallas. Yeah, but you Dallas. don't see it for electric scooters. But then when I looked around, I realized that I'm the only guy pedaling the whole time. Yeah, there you go. I'm the only guy pedaling. I'm like, wait, I'm the cheap foreigner. I'm on a bike that doesn't have a, a battery. <laughs> I have pedals. What are these? Yeah. I go to Germany, and I'm at a large automotive manufacturing company. Guess what's right in there? Right well there. said. I loved how you were going to say names, and then you're like, a large German automotive company. They do automotive manufacturing. Guess what's right there in the foyer when I walk in? A Electric scooters? An electric bicycle. Oh, wow. And they've put the battery right inside the frame. It's a hub-driven. It's gorgeous bike. It's now an electric bike. They're now producing those. I go to the next German automotive component manufacturer, and they're manufacturing electric bicycles. Wow. I go downtown, and I'm like, hey, they have a bike share program. I walk over, and I look at the bikes, and guess what? They're electric. So I'm in Madrid, Spain. Same deal. Same deal. This is where I get off the boat, though. This is where you lose me completely, is my daughter and my mom rode a bike race here in Utah called Little Red. And it's a, you can go on a century, you can go on a 100-mile ride. They did a 35-mile ride because my daughter's 11. And uh, they did a great job. And then I saw these women, because it's an all-woman ride. Um, if you are a man riding it, you have to drive, dress up as the big bad wolf. And no one wants to do that in the summer. Um <laughs> There were women who pulled up, not pedaling to the start to starting line. They were riding electric bikes the whole ride. Wow! I feel like that's cheating. Also, so I cheat, feel, cheat to win. That's right, cheat to win. Moral of the story from Rex McMillan today: <laughs> Cheat to win. I think too, like if we at least are pedaling our own bikes still and, and moving our feet to use our scooters. They can't make the fat American jokes anymore. No, but I'm going to say, yeah, like if, if we suddenly our scooters and our bikes become electric, like we will go from like really fat to like morbidly obese. Morbid, just all of us will just die in about a year. Actually, the, in, the industry studies show the opposite. Really? The people ride them more? Yes. So therefore you lose more weight? So uh, probably too much personal information, but we went to Alaska for a family trip. No, no, not too much. You should, you clearly don't listen to the podcast. We, uh, we, we share a lot. So of my you know he stuff. talked earlier on the podcast about violently throwing up earlier, right? Violently. But, so my wife wants to go on the bike ride from the Alaska Anchorage Airport around through this park, but it's like a 12-mile bike ride. My wife has a little bit of a heart condition, so I'm like, no, we're not going on a 24-mile bike ride, honey. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're going on this bike ride because there's three bears and six wolves that I haven't seen, and I really want to name them or something like that. And <laughs> I'm like, well, there were six bears in the entire state of Alaska that she had not seen. That's yes. how it felt. But <laughs> so finally, we end up at the bike rental shop, and she gets an electric bike. We now go on a bike ride. She can ride the bike. We go all 20-something miles. Am I worried about her heart falling, falling apart? No. So due to the fact that she, she pedals some, has electric assist, and now she rode 20-something miles, which there's no way we would have done with, with the heart condition without the electric assist. So if they wouldn't have done that, they would have just gone to some sort of like chocolate shop. So We would have, we would have got ice cream. Come on. 
Yeah, ice cream. Chocolate, chocolate ice, cream. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, all right, that's fair. All right, so it'll maybe help us be skinnier. So get on board. I'm, I'm excited for Bird, $300 million to do some electric scootage. Um, I'm down. I'll give it a try. All right, I'm game. I, I would fall off a scooter. Like, I would, I'd last about three minutes before I broke my freaking collarbone. Agreed. Falling off. Agreed. But bike, I'm in. That and I feel like we need to mention Elon Musk just because... You do every podcast? Well, one of us does. I've backed off Elon. I, I, my man crush is waning a little bit. What do, you, what do you do? I just think... Is it's not him, Tesla it's you? Tesla can't lose money forever and expect to be a, a good company. His flamethrower only goes four feet. Can I, I tell mean, you another company? I expect an eight-foot flamethrower. Can I tell you a, another company that's never posted a profit? Amazon. Amazon. Yep. Yeah, good point. Yep. All right. Well, Rex, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll have to have you on again, and we'll have a whole new round of lightning questions. Yeah, we will. We will have more. I'll be prepared. And the next time oh, I really... no, you won't. Yeah, we won't tell you. The next time these... I mean, these were pretty surface today, Rex. I mean, movie, song. We were going to ask some really in-depth personal questions about Ex- your high school days. Excellent. About your mm-hmm. college days. McKay's Maybe going, not as good. <laughs> biggest yeah. fight you've ever had with your wife. Stuff like that. It'll oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. About the number great. of bears in Alaska. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> All right, anyway, well, thanks, man. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate it. And uh, everybody else, please don't forget uh, uh, to uh, follow us on Facebook where you can see this stream. I know there's a little bit of uh, – sounds like there's a little bit of audio trouble on this. Mm. Um, but we'll fix that. We'll go on forward. We know what needs to be done. Um, we're learning about this new live streaming equipment. Um, we're going to be posting these on YouTube so you can watch them there. And um, then, of course, the podcast itself, just wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, iTunes, Google Play, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all Spotify. that fun stuff. Spotify. Spotify. Um, and then if you have questions, email us, interchangeitpodcast at avanti.com. Um, you can look up McKay on the Twitter at McKaySAllen. And me, I'm at Steve Error. And LinkedIn Connect, man. Yep, and LinkedIn. Uh, I We're in a contest see who can have the most are we i was unaware of this but yes i'm in no okay everything's competition should we start with the baseline now and then have updates yeah let's do it game on carl bandram carl bandram i'm actually listening to the elron hubbard episode now (laughs) oh wow all right thank you last podcast on the left you make my commute into work so uh so entertaining and also Thank you, Big Giant Circles, for the music. Do we have anything else big coming up? Um, we've got some really good guests coming up. We do have some excellent guests so coming I'm up. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Thank you for joining us on Facebook. Sorry the audio didn't work. We'll get it figured out. Yep. Appreciate it. With that, everybody, good luck. Change IT Podcast is brought to you by Avanti, a software company that helps you succeed in every aspect of your job, including operational IT security, asset management, service management, and supply chain management. Find out more at Avanti.com.